my friend, and welcome to Art, Magic, and Medicine, a podcast about the ways that living creatively and sharing vulnerably, really from the heart, connects us as human beings and brings us back into wholeness, both individually and collectively. I think that when we make things, we are remaking ourselves, and we are remaking this tender world that we're living in right now. So I welcome you to listen in as I talk to visionary artists and creatives, and we go through navigating the creative process while staying heart-centered, connected, and in community, and what that means, what it looks like. I'm Robin Mayberry, and I'm an artist and an energy alchemist. I love things that are imperfect, unfinished, and full of story. It is an absolute honor to share these conversations with you, and I'm so glad that you're here. Enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and listeners of Art, Magic, and Medicine. I am just so thrilled and delighted today because we are going to talk with Brittany Simpson today. I am going to just start with this. The phrase Art, Magic, and Medicine comes from Brittany. Brittany and I, I am fortunate to know her as a personal friend, and we were out snowshoeing, and we were talking about the way things are evolving in the world, and of course, we're all high because we're in nature, and we're slogging around in the snow, and Brittany said something to the effect of, the world that's evolving is going to be a world of art, magic, and medicine, and I like had to stop, grab my phone, and like do a little voicemail because I was like, that's good. That's really good. And um, I have been exploring that idea ever since. And she gave me permission to use that idea um, as a jumping off place for this podcast. And uh, it's kind of become my handle. I really, really like it. And it started with Brittany. So you see what kind of magic we have here before us. So um, I'm going to just start with quickly introducing Brittany and then I will um, open the floor to Brittany herself, but Brittany is, I asked Brittany, I was like, well, you know, how would you like us to know you? And <laughs> the whole point of this conversation is we're going to be talking about leaving things and endings and reevaluation. So Brittany, Brittany Simpson is reevaluating her identity as we speak, but she does have an extensive background in massage therapy, more than 15 years as an excellent massage therapist, a therapeutic massage therapist that then um, evolve for her into now she is a metaphysical practitioner, a crystal whisperer, a wild soul, and an adventurer, which I think is just the tip of the iceberg, really, but gives you a sense of who we're talking here today. So, Brittany, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I forgot. I forgot about that conversation. I, you know, not only was that a super fun day, but uh, getting out in nature just gets it all stirred up, doesn't it? It sure does. Mm -hmm. Especially with a good friend. Next thing you know, you're coming up with amazing awarenesses. Um, but I invited Brittany today because we're going to talk about, we're sort of summing it up as the courage to change. And so just before we sat down, um, just to give some context here, like I love talking about creativity. That's the whole point of this podcast. Um, I love to talk about how creativity and evolution and healing and transformation, how they intersect, how when we explore what we want to make, it reveals things about us and it you know puts things to rest. And I love all that. However, there's another side. And um, as as all the the great, religions know there's the creation 
And then there also has to be destruction. So for things to begin, there has to be an ending. And um, I, this Brittany has been through some interesting experiences that made me say, you know, let's talk about what it looks like to end things. So we're going to talk about the courage to change through the context of like, when you know it's time for something to end, what that looks like. You're a brave lady. <laughs> so can we just start off? Would you, um, will you share what has ended for you just recently? Yeah. So recently I have been doing massage therapy for, like you said, over 15 years. It's the, it's the girlfriend I can't leave. Uh, you know, it's just been as many times as I've tried to create shifts around it and change. It's just been the one thing that has hung on for so long. And, and at some point, you know, you think, are you ever going to, are you ever going to quit? Are you ever going to leave? Or, you know, and I had always thought that, you know, I had to have a plan or something to jump right to. And, um, actually through a coaching session recently with Robin, which I would highly highly recommend if you have not gotten one. Um, we got a very clear picture that I had to end without knowing what the next step was. I had to end without a plan. To me, to my logic grounded, especially my very uh, CEO brain was like, excuse me, you know, I felt little glasses perched down at the corner of the nose, like, ah, uh, what? <laughs> you can't do that, that's irresponsible. You can't not have a plan, but I think, so I basically, I am continuing to move my business forward as a metaphysical practice, but everybody's always had known me as a massage therapist. So changing the identity, I basically had to let the identity go completely. I'd always, I tried to do it in a way that was like shifting gears. Like, you know, I'll just, I'll just put massage in the corner. We just won't like list it. It didn't matter if what I did, if I didn't list it, if I didn't, whatever people knew me as the massage therapist. So even if I had this other offering that was, you know, that was my own medicine and my own magic, it was getting overshadowed by the identity that everybody knew. Um, and I, I have created changes around it, shifted it a thousand billion times. It has taken so many forms. It is ridiculous. Like I did, I did insurance for a long time. I took, uh, I basically had a medical practice. I had a medical massage practice. I, when COVID hit, I ended the massage practice for insurance. And that was huge. I made a major change and I thought that's it. That's the change. And then when something else comes along, I'll just know. Well, you know, here we are. That was three or four years ago, you know, that three years ago now. And, you know, it still was, <laughs> it was still plunking along the same way. And, you know, I finally, I think the most important thing is realizing when something is done, when something is complete and it, it's okay. If you're even successful, like just because you are, are successful or you're good at something doesn't mean it needs to continue just because you have an identity and it's the identity we have the hard time letting go of. It was, I didn't realize how much my identity was wrapped up in that. When I made the decision to quit, it was actually like, well, first I had a major meltdown on my way to work. And I mean, probably one of the most catatonic meltdowns I have ever experienced. I thought I should actually pull over on the freeway. I was on my way to work for Suncadia 
doing massage up there because I had started part-time at my house and part-time. So I moved to home office. I moved to a home office and then I was part-time at Suncadia. It gave me a little bit of best both worlds, um, kind of, you know, gave me somewhere to clock in and clock out while I got things figured out, but then I could continue to nurture, you know, my sacred service or my sacred business at home. Um, but here massage was still just kind of all up in it. And I, here I was on the way to work and I just, I was catatonic. I was bawling. I thought I should pull over. And I realized it was because when are you going to let me be done? Like I've been done. You have been done. I had to admit that to myself out loud first and realize that it was done, you know? Um, and that was the first time I'd realized it. The second time, well, actually, maybe not even the first. The first was actually when it was, like, it was back farther than that. Uh -huh, it was a little further than that. <laughs> I, I needed a couple of big, uh, a couple of key moments here. Cause I mean, it, like I said, it was wrapped up so much in my identity as to who I was. Your security, especially, you know, oh, go ahead. your security. Oh, it's security. Well. Yeah. It's, 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 um, yeah, it's everything. And not only that, but I realized once I gave myself permission to quit, I realized another piece of that was when I started massage school, I felt I, you have to kind of know my background a little bit. Um, I come from an extremely religious, very uh, structured religious background where I was basically raised to be a housewife, you know, yes, all these other things are encouraged, but basic, and I don't actually have a full education. You know, I got taken out of school because ooh, there's probably bad people out there. We need to shelter you uh, two different times um, throughout my education. And, you know, we're going to homeschool you. But really, I just cooked and cleaned <laughs> and didn't really do much schooling. So for me, I wanted to be taken seriously. I wanted to have um, I, I really wanted some sort of professional development. Um, a lot of the jobs I had because of my lack of information and lack of skill building or skill sets, um, I didn't really have any of those. And the jobs I got were usually like waitressing or manual labor, which I'm not, I'm not dissing any of those jobs by any means, but, um, you know, uh, having a job that there was actually like a real skill set required, I didn't realize that that identity was so important to me until I said no. It was, there's actually all these, or I finally said yes to ending it. I had to unpack everything. And that was one of the biggest things that came up around unpacking it was the fact that not only was my identity wrapped up, but my sense of confidence in myself, my competence, the fact that I'm, you know, I had seen myself as kind of an imbecile or, you know, some level of incompetent. I can't handle that. I couldn't handle a real job. I couldn't handle a, you know, whatever that looked like. I had this sense that it gave me something to look, you know, a, like people with a degree or with, you know, which I'm sure, you know, with, with artists, there's all this, like, if you don't have that, you know, artist college degree. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before as a, you know, as a maker or somebody like, who are you, that imposter syndrome, that who do you think you are without this artist degree and background to be able to do art and charge what you're, you know, charge what you're worth for it. It, it was kind of the same idea as that imposter syndrome of it gave me some reason to be competent without it. I, I felt incompetent. 
you know, I realized that I had been partly so resistant to letting that go was because it was an identity of around my competence, my ability, my skill sets. So and by so, walking away from this career or just this expression of what you do is kind of, it was like exposing you back to all of those things that you had overcome by going to massage school. So it's like, oh, am I actually uneducated? Am I actually incapable? Is that what happened? Oh, absolutely. Um, until, you know, until I realized being an entrepreneur, as you well know, <laughs> I and mean, said, no, I am not incapable. <laughs> it's kind of its own bachelor degree. If <laughs> you literally, uh, it's self-motivated, self-taught. When I started filling out resumes to get, to get a job, I went, you know what? I actually do have a lot of skill sets that I taught myself. I learned myself. I built my own business and I ran a business that was successful for 10 years plus. You learn bookkeeping, you learn how to market. You, I mean, literally you learn more as an entrepreneur than a lot of other jobs will ever learn. So vigorous <laughs> agreement over here. Vigorous, vigorous agreement. Yeah. So you're So you didn't give up your identity by walking away from massage, you reconsidered it. It did. It made me readjust my perspective. Absolutely. And, you know, I think too, it doesn't, it doesn't make the, like when you end something, it doesn't make the fear go away. Um, it's, it's that whole idea that, you know, you think, oh, that's so brave, but you know, it's not, it's not with the absence of fear. It's in spite of the fear. And, you know, if you, and when you end something, there is a grieving process, there's a loss and, you know, but then there's this, like we were saying, there's this beautiful shift in, wait a second, you're, you're having to reassess your identity and go, was that actually part of my identity or was that the mask I was hiding behind and using when I was, I had all these things going for me all along. I just was hiding behind this professional licensed massage practitioner and medical and I'm, you know, all of these things and see, there's all this, you know, back, like, you know, you know the certificates. This <laughs> explain why you should take me seriously. <laughs> <laughs> why I'm not a joke why or you know transitioning into this work that's like the opposite of medical therapeutic massage like you're still in this service profession you're still in the I mean I really dislike the term healing but we sometimes lack a better one so <laughs> so you're still in a healing profession by doing your metaphysical work your crystal healing I just will say just to throw in a little pitch for Brittany that I had a session with Brittany last week where, I mean, I just was like, I don't even know what I'm missing here. And she helped me see exactly where I was just had, had like had a blind spot where I really had a blind spot as to who I was and what matters to me and where my energy needed to be going. And so anyway, so I'm just going to say your work is um, still incredible work, but it's, um, not a thing that you can just tell someone about on the bus and have them know what you're talking about. I'm a massage right. therapist. Oh, I'm a metaphysical healer. 
what it's it's so what vague they're either like picturing you in a pointed witch's hat or you know at, at worst you you've got some sort of aluminum foil on your head or you know at best they're like oh you do that kind of like uh you is know it like reiki spiritual. that's what people love to say is it like reiki no yes oh yeah is that like reiki are you oh so you're spiritual <laughs> <laughs> so um can you describe maybe kind of what some of the sensations or awarenesses were when you started realizing like how did it come to you that that like doing massage therapy which again it is supportive service work you were good at it um, but you just kept getting the message kept getting the message that it was time for it to end and that that this simultaneously this other work was moving up for you so what did that feel like how'd you know there's a lot of stuck there. <laughs> there's a lot of like, they're kind of like a traffic jam. <laughs> I mean, when I felt into the work, like really what I was offering, it feels, it feels beautiful. It feels expansive. It feels light. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of just pure joy. I mean, it feels fun. Like I, I kind of get bubbly and I really like, i I fully light up, but yeah, like having that, how that comes through and how that actually looks in the tangible physical reality. That's what I was struggling with. Cause like you said, people knew what massage was. They don't, they don't, you know, it's, it's hard to portray like why it's valuable, you know, why people want to seek that out, what people can gain from it. It's hard to translate that, I believe. And I, and I agree. I think that there's a lot of things that we just don't have language for a lot of this kind of stuff we don't have language for. So, you know, we get stuck with words like, I don't know, yummy and juicy. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we're not going to call it yummy. (laughs) Yeah. I just said yummy. Because you're like, oh, it's so full. It's so, you know, or it's like nourishment. It literally feels like the placenta for the body. Like, no, just, it's hard not to come up with some really cheesy metaphors to describe the feelings that you get. But I think that is the important thing is what you're feeling and embodying that feeling. I'm saying, hey, like, how can I literally hold that energy? And what can I do to continue to um, I guess, amplify that energy to where that's what you're embodying. And that's what people are seeing is mm-hmm. like, Ooh, I don't know what that, but that's kind of a, you know, you, they just see something like, Ooh, cause you shine, you know, kind of, you're that beacon. And I think the last year or so I had been fighting with like beacon, beacon, you know, just I'm on, kind I'm of on. like turning I'm on, on and off like a light, just you know, on, off, on, 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 off, like, oh yes, this is how it feels. But then when it came to like sharing with the audience or telling people about it, I was like, <laughs> so we had, we were talking a little bit about how you had to go through layers and sort of like circle through and circle through and circle through. So you just finally did your last massage, but the last person in their car and sent them on your merry way not that long ago. And you have you are actually, I was just to as an aside like I was like well this will be a better story a year from now when you go or a different story a year from now when you're like and then I blah 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 but we're really looking at the leaving it part 
because again, I feel like attention to the fact that we have to end things. Sometimes we have to clear the garden to let something else grow. So can you just talk a little bit about what that was like clearing? Like how many times did you have to quit? You know, I, I had to quit several times, you know, I think over the years you learn, you learn boundaries and you learn, oh, I don't, you know, how it's hard to stick to your boundaries for one. And for two, I think fully solidly ending people try to be like, oh, but not for me. Right. Like, or, or do you still do friends and family? Like, in fact, I actually had just gotten that question. Are you still doing that for friends and family though? And, and I said, oh no, this is hard stop. I think you know, I had to, I did, it did have to come up several times, you know, um, there was, I did this whole, um, kind of a meditative session of putting the massage therapist identity to rest. Um, Mm. it was actually a really, it was a really beautiful, uh, vision of just like, basically taking massage Brittany, you know, just, this is just like an exercise, um, you know, just allowing, helping to, um, focus the energy of shifting out of that was, you know, hugging, giving her a massage, giving her all of us love and care. Even like, I think at one point I even kissed every single finger, like, look at how many people you've healed. You've done so much good work. Um, you know, look at all these people that you've helped, but you're tired because that was really what it came down to was, on my birthday, I was on my way there. It was, and I was having this conversation with myself and it was, well, maybe we should wait until, maybe I should wait until the summer, you know, like summer's busy with some Katie, I can save money and put it away. And then maybe fall, fall. But then it was like, truth, do you have another summer in you? And immediately my body felt heavy. Everything just went like, you know, and, and there was this really quiet voice. that was like, please let me be done. And it was, it breaks my heart. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this, I think it was symbolic. It was my birthday. I'm like, this is a gift I'm giving you is to be done. So I put a date out for June 1st. And at some point between then I, I did, I had done this like kind of a healing self-healing session or meditation where I did, I, I kissed her. I, you know, just did all of this love and tender care and literally like put her to bed, let her rest. And I shut the door and you know left it behind but it was a visual of directing my energy to like I'm done I'm done on all levels and I I have learned that if I do things in my body and energetically it helps me in the physical reality because um you know things get stuck and things live in our bodies and if my body is still on board with we're doing this thing then yeah, it's, it's almost like my body says yes before I do. But if I literally physically, energetically say no, and we're done and even have like play it out in my head that way, or, you know, it's also symbolic, like, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for everything you did. It's time for you to rest. You get to rest. So that was kind of a visual, like sense for me to direct my energy into like, thanking my body, thanking my body for being through all of that. And then also giving the gift of you get to be done. And it gave me something to get excited about too, because, you know, when you end something, we forget to be excited about it, mm-hmm. you know, because our, our brains get into story and it's like, Oh my God, this has ended. And, but it was still salvageable. There's still things salvageable. I can run into that burning building. I'm sure there's a picture that I can save. Like, 
literally like I had dreams about shit like that like literally a burning sinking building and I was like I'm pretty sure I have two shirts in there like I think I literally was and and, you know and woke up the next day okay message loud and clear (laughs) grab a paper I can just grab that real quick yeah so true Right. So, you know, I think it's like realizing that you're going to be afraid. The fear is going to be there. And I think, you know, courage is not the absence of fear. It's feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Like sometimes you have to get going. You don't have to feel good to get going. You have to get going to give yourself a chance to feel good. And so I think it's when you're looking down at that ledge and you just, you know, it's done sometimes you have to just take that step. You have to take the leap and know that there's going to be fear present, but there's also medicine that comes with, you know, you, like, I had to remind myself, dude, you get to be done. Like, stop fucking worrying about like all this shit. Can we just take a moment to be excited about the fact that we're like, yay. And you were successful. You had a successful career. So I think celebrating yourself and reminding yourself of the victories you know Mm. this is not the first ending I like I what came to mind when I thought of endings was especially since I'm like you were saying I'm currently in this this is not the year later that we're looking at this I'm literally still in uncertainty and unknown I'm waiting to hear back about a job interview right now I don't know if I have a job I don't have an income this month but you know, so I don't know where that's coming from or where we're figuring that out. But so I'm in it. Like I'm fully in the fear, trust, courage situation right now, which yes, I'm having to caretake my brain. But one thing that came up when you had asked me that question was, this is not my first rodeo. This is not the first ending. And when I left, when I actively left my religious community or like my religion, it was a, it was a slow process. Cause first I had to kind of just be in denial. Like, I'm just going to go play, you know, I'm just going to go for a while and go play. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, later on in my twenties that I actually had to actively speak to family, to, um, one, like one of my guardians specifically, um, or one of my parents specifically to kind of like, no, like set a hard boundary. Like I am, I am not affiliated with this church anymore. I'm not this I'm not that don't invite me to church anymore like I would even like once in a while go to church for like you know holidays or make it feel Mm -hmm. so and oh go ahead go back in that burning building just one more time yeah right right like that was over and I I would say anyone who I think you know there's there's different levels of religious and you know indoctrination or you know to go as far as using the word cults, (laughs) communities. Um, I think unless you've actually left a situation like that, you don't really understand how much tribal community lizard brain shit goes into that and how jarring that is to your like everything until you actively leave that. And when I, when I like, I had basically left it already, but, but even speaking to that and really like in my body, no, we're actually severing this tie. We're done. Um, that was jarring as hell that there was a lot of caretaking that I needed to do to myself when I left that. And especially like in that religion, it was so structured, so structured. Um, 
a partner of mine, an old boyfriend in my twenties had gone to church with me and he had said, this is like a business meeting <laughs> He's because he had been to like emotional, you know, emotion and this. And he's like, it's so organized. And it's so, and I thought, you know what? It really is like, they have their own adoption program. They have, they don't have a job. We'll get you a job. Like they were so bloody organized. They had their, basically they made their own world. Like one of my friends, she's like, well, I don't know if I believe all that stuff, you know, all the, it's, it's the Mormon religion. Um, I don't know if I believe all the Mormonism stuff like, eh, but you know what I like about it is anywhere I go, I've got an instant community an instant family and instant friends. And I don't have to bother with that. And mm -hmm. I was like, and you yeah. end it. Yeah. I opted out without knowing what comes next without knowing what fills that in, but just knowing that a thing is complete for you. That's right. That's a huge right. And as you're talking too, I mean, I just see the parallels of people that have to leave long-term relationships. Oh God. Yeah. Same kind of, so to like, to leave your massage career. And I know because I also, I'm also um, a massage therapist who is almost done. <laughs> I have like 99, 99, I still have those <laughs> still do friends and family, right? So, but <laughs> Um, not me, right? <laughs> so many relationships it's relationship after relationship because you get to know people you know and they matter to you and then yeah who are you and who are you in the world and what's your role in the world and do you deserve to breathe air because are you being useful and all that stuff so by leaving your massage career you went through that and by leaving your religion you went through that and and it it does I know you're currently still in a long-term partnership, but it sounds so similar to me. These things you're saying of like when people need to leave um, partnerships that don't work for them anymore, you know, leave marriages or, or what have mm -hmm. you. And it's like that, you know, for such a long time, often that it's not working. And it's like, well, you tinker and you tinker and you tinker, you know, maybe if we try it this way, maybe if I have this conversation, but when you know something is over, it's over. And it will just keep telling. That's what I have learned. That's what I've learned. When something is over, it's over. So that just personally, that is also why I stopped being a massage therapist because I was having versions of the same experience. I was having my energy drop so low that I wanted to fall asleep on people in the middle of a session. <laughs> right. Like, oh my God, what is going on? Like I have like plenty of rest. It's not that I'm not rested. And I would go to do a massage and just be exhausted. And I was like, what? But, you know, I do body mind medicine. So <laughs> it's like, okay, um, you know, it's kind of a short trip to be like, mm, I think I'm getting a message here. But I, I'm empathetic to how many times I know when it's time for me to end something. And there's, you know, many examples that I circle around it and around it. And I bargain, I bargain endlessly. Yes. <laughs> keep running into that burning building. Yeah. Yeah, right. Just one more second. I can do it. But you know, you said a couple, you said this twice and I'm curious about this caretaking your brain. So you said you did it when you were leaving your religious background and then you did it. You said you did it when you were leaving, you know, ending your um, massage work. How can you talk about that? How did you caretake your brain? Um, you know, there's I would say it depends on the situation, but one thing, so I took a class from um, Lindsay Mack, who does Tara for the Wild Soul, and she did this class on how, basically, how the brain works, 
and how the ego works and that but basically the way she described it it was it was listening to the inner voice basically like your soul voice and how she described it was like you put your brain by living from your soul you put your brain in the back seat you don't let the brain drive the bus the brain gets to talk it gets to express itself um but sometimes you have to like set it in the back seat like a kicking screaming child and then the inner child like just wants to be at peace and so it's like your inner child's here you know ego and brain is back there and um and then your soul drives a bus and really what i got out of that was you know our brains are so loud like you know there's all of this subconscious and conscious programming of you know the brain just wants us to be safe and comfortable you know anything that looks like change or unknown or uncertain our brains get really chatty and really busy and <laughs> you know our anxiety kicks up and you know and then we have so many of these old stories that live in our bodies and our but our brain is like the chatterbug and and also depending on how we have wired our brain do we wire our brain for negative self-talk positive self-talk have we changed those habits enough to have a lot of positive reinforcement you know and so not only that you probably depending on how much you have done your work there is what's your brain saying and how kind is it to you you know usually it's like fucking loser what are you doing that for but it really the undertone is holy shit like and you know and feeling into the body as you well know it's like all of a sudden you get this buzzy hot brain and it just it makes everything and your adrenaline surges and and so when i say caretaking the brain it goes into survival mode you know i get a busy tummy i get a busy gut brain it gets into like process 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 like look at all these things and but my brain is like holy shit we're doing this again this was really scary the first time or you realize like we you know messed up here messed up there and so when i say caretake the brain um basically i kind of i use different methods that i've learned over the years that work for me but that visual has never left that like oh right okay you get to have a voice brain and some things you know the brain is really great for but when it comes to making soul level decisions and like my life path and navigating that my inner compass gets to take point like i get to be the one that drives the bus my soul self gets to drive the bus and you can you can have a voice you can have you know you you can chat and bring things to the table but you don't get to drive the bus because if that would be the case then the brain would keep us small and safe and i'd still be doing massage mm -hmm. even though i'm done well you'd probably be a housewife if really if if you were oh, yeah, actually <laughs> i would have been a housewife with 10 kids i wouldn't have uh -huh. tried my tubes yeah. and you know yeah and, yeah and become an entrepreneur and a businesswoman <laughs> i wouldn't right. have done any of that right yeah i mean thank god you've you've claimed you've, it's i mean to me that's what it always sort of feels like is you keep getting the gift offer like look your life could look like this it really probably would feel better and whenever when i claim that it is always scary because it usually involves like this thing you're doing right now is not really working that great <laughs> but i'm doing it and i know what it is and da, da, da. but then when you claim this expansion it's always just so awesome it's so awesome um i was curious because you are a crystal whisperer if there are any particular um crystals or card decks 
Um, you work with dragons. Like, are there any metaphysical tools that were have been supporting you that you've been using? Oh, absolutely. And you know, I would say that is one of the things that I love about crystal healing or honestly being a metaphysical practitioner is you can actually do a lot of healing on yourself and a lot of techniques on yourself. And I recommend people learning how to do it, whether they plan to charge or be a healer actively or openly, or just for the ability to use that as self-care has been just so valuable, absolutely valuable. Um, and, and yes, yes, I do. Um, I, part of what I mean when I say that I'm an adventurer, an explorer, um, I'm also an explorer of healing, healing modalities, um, matrices and systems. Um, like if the, for the human design, I am a generator. So I tend to be like the energizer bunny. But one thing I learned that was really key for me was learning like, oh, it's not my job to build the bones. That's more of a manifester. It's my job to make the bones dance. It's my job to come in and turn the light on in the house, which it took a lot off me because as an entrepreneur and a business owner, it's like, I thought I had to do both or be both. When really I can access all of these different systems and I can light them up. So mm -hmm. to me, I love, there's so many people that have so many cool offerings or cool systems who have channeled, downloaded, or created all of these amazing systems that we have. So we have this whole wide world, this whole universe and access to all of these resources, untapped or not, where there's all these different systems, systems for healing, systems for discovery. So when I say I'm an adventurer, I, I literally, I love going on adventures, like yes, in real, in the real world, but I also love being an explorer, a trailblazer and adventurer for trying on different systems and checking out different systems. So whether that's systems for healing, usually like personal development is kind of more my niche for that, but it's why I love learning about that's what drew me to crystals, cards was like, okay, so I hear a podcast or I read a book. And so, you know, somebody shows me their system. Like, this is how I, um, this is how, this is the system I built for you to try to see, like, to help you out, you know, or, you know, to make changes in your life. So I take that system for a walk mm. and I go, okay, let's try it on and see how that benefits me or people I know. And, um, I would say, you know, when it comes to the crystal system, one thing I love about it is there's so much depth. I mean, I, I feel like I'm literally still in discovery mode. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call, I, I would not call myself like any, not, I'm not into guru terms anyway, but I wouldn't even call myself like, oh yeah, I'm the person you go to talk to about that an authority on it. I would say I am a discoverer. And what I do is I chat like, which is why I jokingly say the crystal whispers because I chat with them. I, I talk to them and, you know, I just, I see they, the crystal system has so much to offer. I mean, you've got sacred geometry, you've got numerology, and then you've got the literal like earth magic locked up in these. And there's so many similarities between us and crystals There's so much depth. The minerals that they have in them are the minerals we have in our body. 
and they store things and they've been on this earth for thousands of, you know, like thousands of years, like literally a crystal could store thousands of years of information inside of it. So, um, so if you're getting anxious and your brain's getting wonky and you're getting all crazy, tell me what crystals do you tend to go to, to support you with anxiety, especially anxiety around change? Um, it, you know, honestly, honestly, I would say it depends. It depends on, on all of the key factors I got, I have going on like anxiety around what specifically is it? Cause there's, there's crystals that are more like uplifting and motivating. There's crystals that are calming and soothing and some that are more about like connection, uh, with like universal consciousness, I would say a go-to master healer is actually the one that I'm spotlighting this month is clear quartz. Clear mm -hmm. quartz is a good go-to for just overall healing. Selenite's a great one for anxiety because it takes the rigidity of our brain and cause it's got this like liquid, liquid light. And so it helps with rigidity to fluidity. So it kind of reminds our body, it has that special frequency where our brain wants to be like, eh, I don't want to move and change. And selenite kind of comes in and it's like, but see, you don't, you don't have to, you, you can, we can move. We don't have to break anything. There's, there's movement, there's fluidity. It's like, uh, and it's a okay. cleanser, right? Is it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Static off the line. Mm-hmm. Well, and then um, like Labradorite was probably the first crystal that came to me. I would say Labradorite is, it's a great versatile crystal. So Labradorite would be a go-to, especially for people who are beginners. Um, I mean, clear quartz for sure. Labradorite is the first one I got because the nice thing about Labradorite is it helps you to see your inner light and also while being like integrating your shadow. Um, but it also protects your aura while you're going through change. So it's kind of like the, um, the crystal that you would associate with the butterfly in the chrysalis, like while it's, while it's like, you're literally go through the process of being goo and then coming into changing into form and popping out of the thing and becoming a butterfly like that, that cocooning that's Labradorite. Love Labradorite. I love that stone. Every time I'm like, oh, I love that stuff. Yeah, that's thank right? you. I just know I know how many people are going through change and how many people have anxiety. So those selenite, clear, crisp, clear quartz, and Labradorite, good starting places. Right. Those are some. That's those are a couple I would say are just good go tos. I I also would really strongly recommend using your intuition if you just feel drawn to a crystal just go for it. Um, because usually you're drawn to a crystal, even if it's because it's for whatever reason, it could be because oh, ooh, it's pretty and I like the way it shines or, you know, you could have some intuitive reason, but there, there's a reason you're drawn to it. Even if it's like, well, they said this is good for that. And this is good for that. You know, you're trying to like, there are so many crystals, like literally I meet new crystals all the time. I'm like, wait, what? There's <laughs> a, that, like, I just found out the other day, there's such, there's such a thing as black rose quartz. I thought rose quartz really? was period. Yeah. There's black rose quartz. Like what the fuck? Wow. Really? I need that. I know. I love rose quartz. Wow. That's really, that's cool. That, okay. So this makes me 
um, this reminds me that you're offering. Will you share a little bit about this thing that you're offering? That's this this thing, um, this um, gathering that you're doing next week. If you happen to be, dear listener, in the Ellensburg, Washington vicinity, will you talk a little bit about that? Because I know it involves clear courts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that I am carrying through that have <laughs> survived the ultimate destruction is... I am, I'm feeling called to do new moon groups. Everybody, you know, part of it was everybody's doing full moon stuff, right? But I personally feel like the new moon is underrated. The new moon, that is literally the point of endings and beginnings. I mean, and, and how perfect for us to uh-huh. talk about uh-huh. it on the podcast right now. Um, but, you know, it's it's your reset. Um, one of my, one of the quotes that my my dude says is he's like you know what every day is a new day every day you get to start anew you know and it's and it's been something that's carried our relationship through like you know say you had a fight the other day like you get a reset every day like it's a gift he says that he gives to me like you get a reset I'm I'm get you know I'm I'm open to a new beginning today um like I you know I'm not going to carry my my mad from yesterday and today you know that kind of a thing Um, but that stuck with me, you know, every day is a new day. Well, that's literally like the new moon is the new day of every cycle. It is the ending, the, you know, it can be the ending, the grieving, but also like, what do you want to leave behind? You can, it's a way to assess that whole last cycle and go, you know, what did you like about it? And what did you not like about it? Well, I effing loved this, but I could do without that you know, that, that's, that's the kindest version, right? Like the worst version is like, okay, (laughs) no more of this shit. (laughs) But you know, it's, it's what you get to assess and go, okay, so this is what I didn't, didn't like. I get to have a new day. I get to have a new cycle. I'm living and breathing. That's my birthright being alive is I get to have a new cycle. What do I want to leave behind and what I want to carry forward with me? It's also the day where you're not doing a whole lot. It's it's the plan. It's the sit down. It's the dark phase. So I also think that Newman's are really symbolic of, you know, how we associate dark, you know, like or that whole stigma about dark being evil. But, you know, darkness is not evil inherently. You know, I think I'm not talking about the evil dark. I am talking about the darkness that birthed the stars, the darkness where... Right. It's the darkness of creation. That is the new moon is you plant a seed in the dark and that's where it grows. You don't get to see what it looks like when you plant it. It stays in the dark, a dark of the womb, you know, like anyway, you can go symbolic all day, but you're doing a group. You're doing a live thing. What do you, what are you doing? What are you yeah. doing? So, so I decided to do these groups in the new moon as a reset, as a time to do some energy work and healing and cleansing. And I feel like it's a really receptive time to root new things in and to do healing. And then group healing is also really potent, not be, not only because you get to show up and receive healing, but you also get to share your magic with everybody, your own light and your own medicine. So um, I do these groups sometimes in person, sometimes virtually I've, I've kind of been playing with how these land best. It's been kind of hard to find a good landing spot in Ellensburg that just feels like the perfect fit to just do these every month. 
so I kind of just feel into like the last one was virtual. This one I'm going to do in person. We're going to try another in-person one. Um, I've done one in-person one that went well. I've done one um, virtual one that actually went really well also. Um, but this one, I'm going to try another in-person event. Um, it's going to be down at Divine Wellness uh, Thursday, this next Thursday, um, the 15th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. And we're going to be working with Clear Quartz. So when I channeled my monthly download for my newsletter group, uh, I basically, I give them the crystal medicine and my, you know, channel download for the month. And what came through was clear quartz was the crystal. And it's about magnification, amplification, focus, um, and growth and expansion. So for this coming new moon group, it's really what I got when I, when I um, tuned in was this is going to be a potent clearing, like just clearing out i mean you know you, we look at our astrological forecasts and just we're going through some major changes and like this is kind of a breakaway month you know this is a month where we're leaving a lot of old stuff behind so um what came through was we're going to be doing a really powerful clearing but also very specifically clearing our channels and clearing like all of the extra senses like claircognizant, clairvoyance, clairsentience, and clairaudience, like just really clearing up our channels. Because the thing is, is that, you know, as we move into the next phase collectively, we need all of our healers, whether, you know, light workers, healers, I say healers, but that's kind of an all encompassing word to me. That's like everywhere where light gets to live and thrive, like within us, within our communities and our groups. So I just really felt strongly called to work with everybody to clear their channels and to really like get us lit up and in our wisdom, in our inner knowing, and then clearing out debris around that so that we can really access those tools that we came here, our magic, our knowing, like we came here and not only enough, but we came here encoded with light codes, our own medicine and our magic. And as we grow and have our human experience that only develops that further. So this is about like awakening the abilities that we already have. And, you know, who knows what the next phase will be, but that's what this new moon group is going to be about is really clearing the channels and, you know, giving us that space to come into the next phase, whatever that looks like the unknown with a clear head and clear focus. Wow. Okay. So all y'all, if you have any endings that you're negotiating, <laughs> this will be the place and you're in, and yeah, I've been following the same stuff on the, um, on the astrological, um, weather reports. And yeah, this is the break. This is the breakaway month. We are really letting stuff go that we've been sweeping into a pile. And now we're, now we're throwing it in the dustpan and like right out. Um, <clears throat> so if people want to go, I will include the link in the show notes to register. Um, and I have one more question for you and then we're going to wrap up, but um, I just want everyone to know, I will also put this in the show notes, but you can find Brittany, her newsletter, which I highly recommend her offerings, her events at soulgemhealing.com. So um, y'all go check that out. But I have one more question for you, my friend. You just got me all excited. 
I'm like, yeah, man, all healers on deck. (laughs) 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 It is time. I mean, we've been waiting so millennia for this time that's here right now. It's so exciting. And we get to be here for it. Um, But here's my question. So to you, what does an extraordinary life look like? Oh, boy. Well, personally and collectively, are kind of, they, they merge well for me, but I, when I think of collectively, I, the, the words that come up for me is heaven on earth. What if, you know, like whatever that means to you, it doesn't have to be, you know, a religious thing. If you literally like, what does heaven on earth feel like? And what does that look like? To me, it's creative, creativity, innovation, technology, and nature, finding a balance and supporting each other. Like I think of like some sort of permaculture situation where you've got this fully symbiotic, harmonious relationship between people, our our world community, and our planet. Technology, like, yeah, of course, we're always creating, we're always processing, but you know, like in a way that everybody's thriving, everybody feels healthy, happy, our earth feels healthy and happy, like it reflects outside of ourselves, you know, that that feeling that everybody chases within themselves. You know, that that piece of us that is a piece of the divine. That's literally like heaven on earth is when we're fully human and fully divine. Mm all happening at the same time oh i love that okay let's do that (laughs) (laughs) let's do that that's that's my vision oh well Brittany, i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart i love your vision i love your courage you have inspired me and you have fired me up so um and i i'm sure that other people listening are feeling the same way so go be your divine self living the human experience fully expressed in both of them all at once in a permaculture relationship with the world. (laughs) So thank you so, so much. Um, Again, everybody, I will put the link to the, um, what is the name you're gathering? I'm so sorry. Um, I call them group healing circle or I call it group healing circle. Um, I haven't quite gotten it like new moon group healing circle. It just sounds kind of like a mouthful. So I'm just, I'm just calling it monthly or group healing circles. Yeah, like, group healing circle. And that's why I didn't remember. So, <laughs> so the group healing circle, that's all you need to know. That's all the information that matters. I will put the link to register for that um, right below here in the show notes. And, um, and I just might see you there and go look up Brittany at soul gem healing and uh, get a reading with her because it's pretty it's pretty dynamic. It, it resets your clock. That's for sure. So thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank You're- you for having me. It's an honor to be here. I love the podcast and I love you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Art, Magic, and Medicine. I hope that it helped you feel creative and connected and energized and ready to be who you are in the world in a way that only you can be. To keep in touch, be sure to follow the show, especially on iTunes. And I invite you to join my email list at robinmaybury.com, where I'll let you know about upcoming episodes and events and occasionally brilliant essays. 
coming out to you as well. So looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you so much for being here.